0: Hey, before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to let you know that our course and coaching program called Youth Ministry Growth Accelerator now offers a three month and six month payment plan, which makes enrolling easier than ever. Just head over to growyouryouthministry.com and sign up today. And as an added bonus, if you join by Friday, May 17th, we're offering a free student leadership launch workshop, which will help you build and launch your student leadership team from the ground up. I can't wait to see you in the program so we can start accelerating the growth of your youth ministry today. All right, let's get into the episode. Today, we're talking about five things that every youth pastor should be doing if they're not already.
1: Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Ministry Coach Podcast, the podcast that is the coach for the coachless in youth ministry. My name is Jeff Lascola. This is...
0: Kristen Lascola. And today
1: we're going to talk about the five things that youth pastors should do.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of things we should do. (laughs) I would guess there's more than five things we should be doing or else, hey, it's a pretty pretty chill week. (laughs) Um, These are things, I guess, to qualify that a little bit, maybe that were not so obvious. So do your job, do that. (laughs) And all the things that come along with that, that to-do list I'm sure is bigger than five, but maybe just the not so obvious things that took me a few rounds to figure out Mm -hmm. and that didn't click for me right away. So if you're new, this might be helpful. And if you're new and you're like, I'm already doing all those, well, you are way ahead of where I was. Gold
1: star, gold sticker.
0: Yeah, and- These are the kinds of things that will make your job easier, not necessarily in the moment, but for the long haul. And that's what we're all looking to do is to stay in youth ministry for the long haul and not burn out and put some things in place there to make our job easier year after year. Mm -hmm. So number one, save and reuse your work. I was not always so good at saving saving my content and saving the things that I had used in the past in a very accessible organized location. Mm-hmm. So like I had all these different file folders on my computer of like events, activities. Well, which one was an event and which one was an activity? <laughs> and then like, where is my calendar saved? And then remember that little postcard thing I made to remind kids about this? Where is that? So I think getting a really good saving system down so that you you can reuse it because then it's not like every year you're redesigning a flyer or you're redesigning a calendar or you're redoing a talk sheet about gossip that you've already done a million times. Well, where did it go? Or then when you go to guest speak, you have your guest speaking talks Mm -hmm. all polished and ready. Oh, let me just pull out this one, tweak it for the context. But get really good at saving your stuff so that you can reuse it along those lines. We've talked about before, keep a game and sermon log of what you've been talking about. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like, it's time for a new series. What have we not talked about in a while? Well, I don't know. Like I can't even think of what we talked about eight weeks ago. So (laughs) keeping a log of, wow, we talked about the end times or we talked about relationships or whatever. Ooh, it'd be really good to do something on like a book study. Let's do the book of John or whatever it might be. So making sure that you're keeping track also of your games helps you know what would be like indoor, outdoor, let's play a runaround game. Let's play a stage game. It just helps make sure that your youth group is well-rounded because you don't want someone to come to your youth group Month after month, or year after year, hopefully, and just feel like you guys kind of do the same thing. Well, if you're not really keeping track, it's just too vague and you'll just go to your go to things. Right. Well, dodgeball's fun. Let's just do it, <laughs> you know? But if you're more strategic and keeping track of what you're doing, you can see it from a bird's eye view that. I need some variety in here. Guy, we do this every week or, whoa, we never talk about this. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that you can measure that so that you can improve that. What I also like to do is, um, and I mentioned this before, make little notes for each one of these things. So for example, you know, I've talked about in the past, like game notes. So you could say we play dodgeball teams were too big or time rounds were too long, make Mm -hmm. them shorter, whatever. But you can also do that for your events. So for example, I do one youth group a year at the beach during the summer. We call it chaos at the beach And we do a barbecue and s'mores and a game and worship and all of that. Well, there's a lot of things I need to remember. And I always think, I'll remember the trash bags. I'll remember the lighter fluid. I'll remember. But you don't.
1: 365 days later. Right. What did I forget last time? And I knew I needed this and I didn't have it. And it's so
0: frustrating. And so every year you just want to be able to pull up the notes that say chaos at the beach Things to bring, mm. things to buy, things that would have gone better. So you can leave a little note. Well, hey, pickup was really hard because parents didn't know where to park. Next time we need a better pickup system. So that the, the point is you want to always get better every single mm. year. And the discipline part comes in immediately writing notes after the event because you're fresh like, in your mind. it's over. Uh, <laughs> I want to move on, you know, yeah. but j- yeah, exactly. When it's fresh in your mind, another great thing you could do is pull the leaders that were a part of that event and say, what did you see that we missed or mm. what would have made it better? Because leaders are sitting at a different place all throughout the event and having different conversations and, Oh, well the kids really wanted to play like around the football. It would have been nice if we had had just some random footballs and Frisbees yeah. and stuff laying around for people. Oh, good to know. Or yeah, there was some dead time. We should have had a speaker with music or whatever it might be. It just could give you that little note for next year to make your events better. So discipline yourself to keep documents for your events with a place for notes. So that just is, I guess, across the board, save stuff, Mm -hmm. document stuff, make it accessible, make it easy so that you build every year on top of the other.
1: And it just goes by that much faster too when you're planning for it. I do that with packing for trips.
0: Yeah, you do. You I have your little yellow my, notebook. What
1: did I pack the last time because yeah, Floss. I just keep <laughs> you keep adding to it. If there's something you forgot, you put it on there and it's so easy to pack, so yeah. easy to plan an event. Mm-hmm. When you have, here's the to-do list and here's the uh, materials list and packing list and all that stuff. So much easier. I did that
0: for my camp like like whitewater when we go to our summer camp. It's like I need a lot of different types of things than just mm-hmm. a regular vacation like So I keep a list of even the snacks that I packed that went well. (laughs) These, this little individual pack of hummus was great. I need that next year. Did
1: not keep in a cooler.
0: (laughs) It did. I was very on top of the ice. Okay. (laughs) Number two, thank people regularly. I think that is another secret like a subtle secret to success in ministry is to constantly thank the people that make ministry happen mm-hmm. that work alongside you that sacrifice their time and their energy for your ministry or went above and beyond in a certain way or filled in for you somewhere or help like don't just let those moments pass mm-hmm. so be super disciplined about a handwritten card if you have it in your budget get them an Amazon gift card. Um, I feel like the Amazon gift cards, the new Starbucks gift card, Yeah, you know, cause it's just like the catch all, like who doesn't want an Amazon gift card? You can buy anything, you know? <laughs> um, or if it's someone that you want to spend time with or that you think might want to spend time with you, then you can take them out to lunch mm. or else a coffee just to say thank you. Cause I mean, imagine like you say you were a guest speaker somewhere And you had given it your heart and your soul and your time and all of this preparation. And someone just said, thank you. Bye. You know, it's like, okay, though, you said the words, thank you. But there also should be a gesture, maybe in the form of a check, maybe in the form of a gift card or something. Right. Because just the, like... Hey, thanks. And letting that person leave. I just feel like there has to be this extra measure of acknowledging that time
1: and effort that they put in and Mm -hmm. sacrificed. probably doing something that they, you know, there's so many things they could have been doing. And if you just kind of leave it with like, cool, thanks. Bye. It's like, okay, maybe I won't next time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think it also just is a good discipline. Like once a week, Mm. there's probably somebody you should think maybe it's one of your volunteers. Maybe it's another staff member. Maybe it's a parent, maybe who knows. But I think getting in the habit of thanking people at least once a week. And I think a handwritten card in the mail, like you don't even have to spend any money basically. And I think that says a huge, like, Whoa, you thought of me and Mm -hmm. you went that extra mile. So
1: thanking people is a lost art writing a thank you note is even more of a lost art and so if people get that type stuff it really it really touches them I feel like because
0: here's all of us want to be seen Mm -hmm. and I feel like a thank you says I see you and I acknowledge like what you did meant something it wasn't just we all moved on right you know all right number three work ahead so When I was a rookie, one of the biggest mistakes I made is I felt like I was drowning and I felt super busy and I have so much to do. And I think the reason for it was I would do things when they were due. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, it's Tuesday. Time to plan my youth group is like no, the week before is time to play in your youth group. But I didn't like, I don't know why that took so long for me (laughs) to learn. It was like, all right, I'm going to dedicate Tuesday to doing everything I need to get done for tonight for youth group. And then there was no time for, I have a really cool idea. What if I ordered like glow balls on Amazon? And then it was like, there's no time for that. So working ahead. So Here's my. You can do whatever works for you and your timeline, but I like to have everything. So my my weekend is on Sunday. <laughs> well, some people have Saturday night. Services. I know what you meant. Yeah. We're starting Saturday night services. This my week.
1: weekends Monday and Tuesday.
0: <laughs> my weekend services are on Sunday. I like to have everything done and ready by Thursday, mm-hmm. because that means Friday and Saturday, like. I can kind of chill a little bit. My youth group meets on Tuesdays and th- that is like a most of it's done on Thursday. And then I finish the final few things on Monday. Mm-hmm. Now on a larger scale, you want to know what you're doing in general three months ahead mm-hmm. at the least. And then if it's a super big event, maybe like a camp or a big retreat or something like that, you're probably needing to start six months out and kind of plug in the pieces as you get closer. You know, like when you do a wedding, you do the big stuff and then it gets smaller, smaller stuff as you get closer and closer, but always have a three month out plan, big stuff, six month to nine month out plan. So this way you have plenty of time to do a few really important things. Number one, communicate that stuff that you're going to be doing, promote that stuff that you're going to be doing and have margin for creativity. Here's what I've learned, stifles creativity is hurried work habits. Mm. So if you're in a rush and you just are getting done what you need to get done to survive and get through like the next event, you have no margin to think big. You have no margin to get creative or do something exciting and different or do it really well. It's, right. It might get done, but it's just not going to get done super duper well. So...
1: Turn your phone off, Sorry. Please.
0: Oops. <laughs> I usually have it on do not disturb, but I was waiting for a call earlier. Anyways, so...
1: I... I going back to this point, though, I like that idea, obviously, of getting ahead... I have a bad habit, though. If I ever have a chance where I get trying to get gain some margin and get ahead, a lot of times I'll get ahead and then I'll be like, oh, OK, cool. I can kind of chill and
0: mm-hmm. relax.
1: And then before I know it, I'm like, shoot, now everything I've wasted all that time. And now I'm back to, you know, so like you're saying, planning well ahead, you know, for the bigger things. But it's like really being on top of that so that you're not. Um, you, you get a little bit ahead and then you, and then you relax. Right. And I'm not saying, I guess you never relax, but I think the relaxation comes from the fact that you aren't panicking about what it has to be done today or mm-hmm. tomorrow it's more like you're thinking ahead about things and some of those things will come to you as they get closer instead of it all being just jammed into the last second
0: well so and then you can fine tune it though like exactly so, you, so the time where you're like well i'm done it's like well like you can fine tune it or then you do have time to do things like think people mm-hmm. and you know all of that kind of stuff you can just always make it better but then that also gives you that time like it's it kind of i guess we're moving into the next one number 4 but gives you time to care for your soul mm-hmm. and i think that's something that's really important as a youth pastor i know we've sprinkled it in on different episodes but you know you I've said it before and I didn't come up with this, but it makes so much sense that you are the most important person in your ministry. You as the leader set the tone for so much, Mm -hmm. you know, if you are dry spiritually, if you are cynical, if you're callous, if you're burnt out, if you're overwhelmed, that's going to really trickle into the culture Mm of your ministry but if you are excited to see people because your soul is well nourished and if you can handle conflict well because you've been working on your leadership and if you're a confident leader because you know you've sharpened those skills then you're going to be better for your ministry and you're going to be able to teach people what you know Mm -hmm. and it's just so 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 important that you're caring for yourself and constantly looking for ways to be a better leader that's why you're watching or listening to this <laughs> podcast, right? But it is so true. Like, what are you reading? What is your relationship with God like right now? Mm-hmm. What are what skills are you sharpening? But it really comes down to your soul. So like, don't make the mistake either of like, well, I just learned leadership principles 24-7, but I'm like a soulless person. Yeah. But working on the part of you that that relational heart you know Mm -hmm. like whether that's with god or with others or with your family but if you're relationally dry it's just it's it's hard and ministry will take it out of you you know Mm -hmm. there i had a point probably two years ago it's when our youngest was really young and every person i saw i was like what do you want (laughs) you know and i just felt like everyone was here to take something from me and i didn't have anything to give i was like don't make eye contact with me. I'm here to, to get my job done and leave <laughs> because I didn't have any relational capacity left. And it was a season because our youngest was so demanding. And and I feel like I've moved out of that for the most part. <laughs> but I'm just... Where can you find that place to maybe for a season, you just have to slow down a little bit. Like I would rather see a youth pastor need to slow down or take something off their plate or maybe not do a certain event than say, this isn't for me. I'm out of here because they're tired and because their soul is just depleting. Mm -hmm. But if you can figure out like, okay, this season is particularly taxing for some kind of reason, how can you strategize around what you need as a person Mm -hmm. and your job and make those work in harmony. And hopefully you work at a church that values your health over what you can produce. And if they're just way too demanding on your time and your family, like that could be a great question to ask yourself of, do they care about my health as much as they care about what I can produce for the church? you know, putting that process over people like that's a, just a really unhealthy environment. I'm lucky enough, like the place where I work, they so value our health as individuals mm-hmm. before we can bring anything to the table. They're like, how's your family? How are you? How's your marriage? We want all of that. Great. Before you try to do anything here, yeah. what do you need? Take off early, go here, take a sip Sabbath or a, a mini sabbatical, whatever. Just get good, you know, because it's not going to change it the other place. You have to figure out those habits. Um, but That's
1: also on you as the youth pastor to be communicating that with your senior pastor and just to let them know where you're at. Because if you are, we always joke about the people that when you say, how are things going? Good, fine, great. And it's like, no, they're not. And, being, and you're not going to know that though, unless someone's going to communicate that. So be open and be vulnerable and let them know I'm struggling. You know, I'm drowning here and I need help. You know, mm-hmm. wh- whatever that is, like I need an intern, I need another director, I need a vacation, I need, you know, marital counseling, something, you know, Maybe whatever that is. Maybe there's something you
0: don't need to be doing that you are doing. Right. Like, I need this particular thing taken off my plate. I need this particular expectation, you know, and tweaked in some And hopefully
1: leadership will say, hey, you know, we have your back. And, and that's right. a good that's a sign of a healthy church and hopefully that they would would honor that. And I right. feel really bad for you if you feel that you can't do that because you know that the response is not going to be a positive and, one.
0: And it sounds like such a foreign concept like nobody would do that. But you know what? I've yeah, talked to all you too an- common. yeah, and I'm just like senior pastors, what is wrong with you? You know? Like I've talked to so many youth pastors from all over the country that are like no you don't understand like you've never like this is toxic i'm like how like how do we allow like these staff dynamics to get to this point when our collective goal is to reach people for jesus guess what you're a part of the church i'm a part of the church (laughs) reach me for jesus please (laughs) like don't overlook me and use me as this weird stepping stone to yeah. reach the congregation like that's so backwards to trash your staff to right. reach people for jesus like wait then what people count and <laughs> right. what people do not a don't? <laughs> it's weird so yeah
1: and you do have a really good relationship with the senior pastors at our church And we've talked about doing many times that we need to do, you know, how do you handle a difficult senior pastor bringing on our senior pastor who is not a difficult person by any means to kind of walk through that. And that's an episode somewhere down the line when all schedules can can meet up. We'll we'll be able to do that episode.
0: And then, wow, this is segueing great into number (laughs) five. Put people first always. It's hard to put people first when you're not caring for your soul but remember that people are never an interruption Mm. and I think sometimes in ministry if you're like me you like to get work done like I want to go in to work and I want to complete my to-do list and I don't want anyone to get in the way of that and sometimes when someone needs to talk or there's a conversation to be had I'm like get out of my way. I'm trying to do ministry, you know? And you're like, wait a minute. Then you forgot the definition of ministry because ministry is always people first. And guy, I forget who said it, but I think it was Dallas Willard. He said, my biggest piece of advice is to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Because if you are in a hurry, love is lost. Mm. You're too hurried to love. You're too hurried to treat people the way that they need to be treated. You're too hurried to prioritize correctly. And you're just frantic and short and cold and looking out for your own self-interests. Like, I mean, you can even notice this, like when you're trying to get your kids ready for school in the morning. (laughs) So if you feel in a hurry, you're like, got your shells on, brush your teeth, ah, like you're so. And you sound like a crow. <laughs> you might. <laughs> have you ever sound heard a happy crow? <laughs> but if you have maybe gotten up a little early, you feel ready. You feel, you know. I got up early. I didn't feel ready. I've noticed a difference in myself if I've had a moment to like, okay, I'm ready enough that I can help you or we've gotten up early enough so that we don't have to be frantic, but you can't treat people nicely when you're frantic. It's like, get your shoes on, right? you know, but if you're not frantic, you can take the time it takes to get (laughs) your
1: shoes on.
0: (laughs) Maybe, maybe, but either way, don't, don't forget the reason that you're here is people always, always put people first when you're making decisions, put people first when you're designing program, put people first when you're faced with something that you maybe aren't sure what to do. Think of it in terms of the people first and it doesn't mean you're never going to hurt anyone's feelings. That's not what we mean, but Mm -hmm. that you make decisions from a perspective of value and that you're valuing people above valuing an outcome or a product Mm -hmm. or something that's being produced or accomplished, that the people are always what is most important. And I think a lot of leaders can lose sight of that. Yeah, it's easy. It is because a lot of us are doers. We wanna get stuff done. We look out for our own reputations, but remember why we're here and it's for people.
1: Well, we're going to have a question of the day that's going to be a little bit of a polarizing topic. I love pizza and I love pineapple. (laughs) What do you think about pineapple on pizza? Hawaiian pizza, if you will. Wait, is Hawaiian pizza where there's ham too? I don't know. We're just going to go with pineapple. Pineapple on pizza. Is that a go or a no?
0: It's an absolutely (laughs) not. Here's but you what like I pineapple, hate. though, right? Yeah, cold, refreshing, fresh pineapple. I'm just, I'm
1: just asking, and then you do like pizza. I
0: do, but, but not that I don't. Why would I put hot, f- like hot fruit, <laughs> on an Italian? D- I mean, it's like tomato sauce, cheese, and some hot tropical fruit. Like, I can't. You know what I saw that was even worse. I don't know if it was a joke or not, but on Reddit one time. It was like, we all disagree on the pineapple on pizza thing, but can we all just agree we hate these people? And there was like sliced kiwi on the pizza. I've never heard of that. I, and that's why I'm like, I don't know if it was a joke or not, but pineapple <laughs> on pizza, just, I don't like fruit unless it's super cold. And so I'll never get on board.
1: I think the goal, and I'm and I'm a, a no on that. I'll have it. I won't like it. I know what the goal I'll is. pick them off. What?
0: salty sweet kind of yeah because
1: if you do take like chocolate and pretzels or something it's like oh how amazing but those two pizza and pineapple i just don't think it wasn't meant to be so put in the comments what your version is i feel like more people
0: like it than not i really really yeah every time i bring it up with people they're like i love hawaiian pizza Hmm. so many people love it
1: well We'll find out. We'll do our own poll here. See what you guys say. Um, Oh, we want to read a little review here. This comes from YouTube. There we go. All right. This was from our episode about Youth Pastor Prep. And this was from Matt C., he says, I really love this. You guys are easy to listen to. Everything was encouraging and reminds me why I chose to do this, as in Whoa. be a youth
0: pastor. Thank you, Matsy. Thanks, Matsy. Can we call him Matt
1: Matsy Patsy. If you guys would be so kind as to leave a review on our podcast channel or if you want to leave a comment in our YouTube channel, we'd appreciate that. So We love reading what you guys have to say. So until then, we will see you next time.